This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone first question this week comes via they killed harry at they killed harry on instagram if you were for <laughs> this is a good one if you were forced to cut off your evil hand with a chainsaw what alternate power tool would you attach to the stump <laughs> Let, let's let's do a suspension of disbelief on this one let's not go for too realistic because i don't i don't even know how that would work I don't think. Um, I'll start. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with a leaf blower. A leaf blower? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, That's partially a really big because... thing to, to attach to your hand. Well, it depends. There's some that are okay. smaller than others. I, I live around a lot of trees. So okay. come fall, I am constantly raking, leaf blowing, or mowing up all the leaves that are around us. So I wouldn't mind if it was just there at the ready. Like, I, I feel like I got a pretty good control of it. And let's be honest. Someone's running at me. You you blast a leaf blower in their face. They're at least stopping to, like, okay. say, what the hell just happened True. to me? True. Okay. Yeah. And, That's you know, fair. you can swing it. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, how about you, Megan? So, this question. Did you ever see the movie? It's a horror comedy called Mom and Dad starring Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. Yes. And- yeah, where they will go crazy. Yeah, there's a contagion that makes them want to kill their kids. So, mm-hmm. like, when you tell me power tools and horror, I immediately think of Selma Blair wanting to bust out the saws all because yeah. it saws all. <laughs> all. 
So yeah, I feel like that's a good enough reason to to have a sawzall. It's it's sawzall. So Th- that yeah, was actually that. the first thing I thought of. Like right off the top of my yeah, head, like re- realistically, I was thinking sawzall, but I wasn't even yeah. thinking on mom and dad. I was just thinking, what oh. would work on my arm? I think a sawzall. You just, would. <laughs> you just need a catchy like jingle or motto, and it's sawzall because yeah. it saws all. Yes, that's it. I'm sold. I'm buying this power tool for my stump. Uh, the sentences we say i'm buying this power tool for my stump (laughs) how about you xena you know what i want one of those cool like usb ports then that way i can like put different things in there so (laughs) i would want yeah i would want like a a wooden hand so i could slap people and then i want a spoon (laughs) because for some reason i always find that i need a spoon because you know there's a lot that you can you can eat yogurt applesauce you need to stir your tea um you know what i mean maybe even a waterproof flashlight so just in case you want to go in the shower i can take a shower in the dark i don't know i was just thinking about that i think it could be fun so basically to recap we have a leaf blower a sawzall and a swiss army hand yes absolutely oh and scissors you always need scissors and i can be xena's scissor hand I don't think any of those were power tools. No. <laughs> but they no. are in my heart. So sure, yeah. I just envision this crazy like hand that each each digit does some kind of crazy thing. Well you 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 plug that spoon into one of the USB ports, maybe it's electrified. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Zena's just always wants to make sure her phone is charged. That too, yeah. Yes. You know, that is a real fear. For Which some in reason, horror movies, big dies. problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sure, why not? All right, second question came in via email from Jamie in Portland. Hi, Dark Trio. I'm sure you guys heard Joel Schumacher's cult classic, The Lost Boys, is being developed into a musical for the stage. I think you guys answered this, but it's been some time. Can you guys recommend one of your favorite horror musicals? It can just be a musical and not for the stage. Thank yous. <laughs> You're welcome, yous. Um, Well, let's start with you, Zena. Do you have a favorite? Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a couple, but I'll just go with one. Uh, the Devil's Carnival. I always have such a good time with that one. I love the soundtracks, and I just think mm-hmm. that it's just such an awesome movie. Nice. So I, I was totally thinking actual stage productions, and then I realized that I actually read the rules that you were following that could be a musical. <laughs> And I always forget about the Devil's Carnival, even though that that was one that caught me by surprise as a good one. Hope you, Megan. I have a lot, but I'll <laughs> say one. Um, the lore. I knew I you were going to say. I know. One. I couldn't not say the lore. I have. I have more than just the lore, but for the sake of like one, the lore. Uh, it, it's it's a mermaid killer mermaid musical. What else <laughs> do you need to know? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say. One that I've never seen, and it's it won't, I don't have a whole lot of life regrets besides my general behavior around other human beings. <laughs> but things I've actually missed out on was missing out on the Evil Dead stage play. Oh, that's mm. fun. I, if you sit in the splash. That's zone. what I've heard, yeah. like, And it was in Minneapolis. We just didn't have money at the time to pay for it. And it was just like, oh, no, I can't. I'm so bummed out I missed it. Because I, I have a friend who's going to see Beetlejuice on Broadway. Oh, cool. yes. I, that's coming to town in March. And I got Is tickets. It? So I'm oh, excited. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to so hearing awesome. how that was. I finally just saw Hamilton on stage. And that was really awesome. I'd love to see yes. Beetlejuice. Um, all right, Megan, hit us with the rest of them. 
I mean, tis the season for Anna and the Apocalypse, mm-hmm. a zombie Christmas musical. Uh, Happiness of the Categories, which is one that's pretty under the radar because it's a Takashi Miike joint, which means that you know it's going to get weird. It's it's <laughs> it's super weird. Um, it's basically a family who decides to open up an inn, but the like psycho, the road that was supposed to be there to bring in traffic doesn't come. That doesn't mean that they don't get it, but people start dying and it gets super weird because it's Takashi Miike and it's a musical. Um, I feel like Little Shop of Horrors is for sure one that we all like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about stage fright. I kind of go back and forth where I really like it. And sometimes I'm like, gosh, theater kids, calm down. I love um, it. <laughs> yeah, I think I just like that's one that I have to be more in a specific mood for, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And then there's one more really. Oh, Phantom of the Paradise is a very yes. good one. That's that's the 70s uh, rock version of um, Phantom of the Opera. Nice. But yeah. And just for funsies, I'm going to throw in Repo, the genetic opera. Which I've only seen once, but I feel like it's worth a rewatch because the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, what the hell is this? Like, I'd never, I I don't think, I don't think I'd seen a musical like, like that before. And I think it came out the exact same time as the, as the movie Repo Men starring Forrest Whitaker and uh, Jude Law. So it was like, it's like the exact same thing, but a musical. (laughs) So I was really Mm. weirded out by what was happening and confused. I'm surprised that you didn't say Sweeney Todd. Me? When have I ever Neither, talked no, about Sweeney I Todd? I thought you liked Sweeney Todd. The movie or the musical? Either. The, well, eh. Yeah, thank you. That's <laughs> actually the same answer. I don't know why I did that. Oh, um, no. It's confusing fine. people. I watched I watched the movie, the Johnny Depp movie once, and it was fine. Um, it was gross. Classically gross, <laughs> actually. Gross. <laughs> Which is funny. It's I actually come across a lot of stories like creepypastas. That, are, that end up in the Sweeney Todd vein because it's become such a classic. It's almost become a classic trope, but it's not classic yet. It doesn't happen enough to be classic, but no, that's a good one. I, and I and I forget that there are horror musicals, even though I we just named several of them. <laughs> um, I just think a, of them as uh, movies. Saw the musical, the unauthorized parody of Saw that's hitting national tour um, next year. And I do believe it also has a splash zone. Oh, Oh my, I might need <laughs> to find that. Yeah, I think it's like sawthemusical.com if I remember. I wrote it up on Bloody Disgusting last week, so there is an article with all the details if you need it. Oh, I, yeah, I was like not on, I tried to stay off most things last week. I'm going to need to check That's that fun. out. Nice. Speaking of nice, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as the movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hey. And you know her from a YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, and the head of Bloody Disgusting's TikTok, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. <laughs> and I'm John. If you listen to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe it'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, I'm going to go first. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like we <laughs> fell back into the old format, and I'm going to give Xena a break. Yippee! <laughs> like, we're not going to come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I started out uh, with one that just... 
I mean, it's got a place in my heart, so I figured I might as well check it out. I checked out 2023's Creepypasta on Screenbox. Trapped in an abandoned house, a nameless man desperately searches for clues to how he got there. The answer is hidden within a series of disturbing viral videos, each of which begins to infect his mind. It's fine. I don't mean that disparagingly. <laughs> it's um, it's very much like VHS, the VHS series, like very much. Except there's more vignettes, and some are better than others. There's a there's a there are a couple in there that I was legitimately impressed by. There there's a, a few that felt. <laughs> Not lower budget, but it felt like, this is hard to describe, as someone who loves and his career involves creepypastas, it's, some of them, it's kind of like Stephen King. They don't always translate well. So some of the stories I was watching, I was like, oh, I get what you were going for here, but it's tough without like some sort of a narration whether it's first person or not, like it's the, the visuals as strange as it is. Sometimes the words are scarier than the visuals because you know, you, you craft the images in your mind. So some of them I thought worked really well. Others were just kind of so, so, and that might be sour grapes for me. Like, why didn't you guys ask me about this movie? I, I, I helped you guys. I'd be a dumb, At the very uh, least, you would have laid down in the I, background and played dead. I yeah. would have laid down in the background of every <laughs> single one of those vignettes. Even like, just put me in a closet. I could be a dead body in a closet that nobody sees. Can That's you just fine. imagine like the narrator is a dead body in the background? You just lay down and from the background, you're like, and this is what happens. It, it's like uh, if John Kramer's lips were moving during Saw, like <laughs> they press play on the recorder and there's nothing on it. And he's like, oh, crap, I forgot to record it. And then all of a sudden, hello, Dr. Gordon. Did the dead body just talk? <laughs> Ignore the dead body. <laughs> See, now I got to write that. That's, that's, there that's, you go. That's the next script. That's the next big movie idea. There um, you go. It, again, it's fine. It's an anthology, it's anthology horror. Uh, if you like creepypastas, I think you'll enjoy it. It's about an hour and a half. It's on Screenbox. It's another opportunity for creepypastas to get more traction in the digital age and give more creators opportunity to show their works. So I'm always all for that. Um, definitely not my favorite anthology, but it's it's a watch. It's it's a watch. It's a, watch. It's a movie. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> upset. That, I'm not upset that I watched it. It's hard for for horror anthologies to really knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. You know, there's creepy pastas, I think, especially yeah. creepy pastas, and especially when you're translating them to visual medium, <laughs> it's just going to be more yeah. difficult. And there's very obvious nods to actual famous creepy pastas, like Ben Drowned is in a on a screen in the background you see over and over again, like it's a real video game instead of what the concept actually is in the creepy pasta, which I could go off on for hours. I won't. I'll save you all that. <laughs> instead, <laughs> I'll talk about something I've been meaning to watch for. Probably 20 years at this point. 1932's Freaks, which is available on Tubi. A circus's beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of the sideshow performers, but his deformed friends discover she is only marrying him for his inheritance. It was better than I... Th- it's very much like watching a 1930s movie. The acting and the, the, the delivery and everything like that. I really liked it. It was it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I understand the, how problematic it could have seemed back then and even now for people to watch it. But yeah. 
if you have watched, like I had seen American Horror Stories Freak Season before this, or Sideshow, was it Sideshow or Freaks? Freak Show? Freak, freak show. show. Freak yeah, show. the Freak Show season, I think season four or something before yeah. this, obviously. And it is clear that this is a direct homage or um, that the Freak Show American Horror Story is a direct homage to Freaks from especially the ending. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. This is like the exact same thing and a nod to it all and the relationships and everything else. But it was it was just a good movie, whether it, it was is. 1932 or not. And it didn't feel as exploitative as I thought it was going to be. Because it wasn't. It was trying to highlight these are people. Like, yeah, and, and even at the very beginning. Empathy. Yeah, even at the beginning, the carnival barkers, like, th- this was a fluke. Like, you could have ended up like any of these people, and yet you shake your heads at them and, like, call them freaks. Like, kind of mm-hmm. chastising the audience <laughs> before the movie yeah. even starts, which I kind of appreciated. Like, hey, knock it off. Oh, yeah. Be cool. Um. So, yeah. And it's available on Tubi, so why not check it out if you haven't? There's definitely some scenes in it where you're like, oh, that is, sorry, the, the dude crawling through the mud with a, uh, the knife in his mouth is <laughs> a little bit terrifying if I suddenly saw that. Uh, yeah. How about you, Megan? I watched a movie that I very much think that Xena would love. Um, <laughs> it's on VOD. It's called Everyone Will Burn. Okay, uh, it's the title. <laughs> yeah, it's I I just like I'll get into it in just a sec. But plot wise, it's about a woman. Um, it's um, Maria Jose, played by Macarena Gomez, who is in 30 Coins. She was in Dagon. Uh, she's she's a Spanish actress who's been around a while and definitely in horror. But anyways, it opens with her ready to commit suicide. She's about to jump off of a bridge and to her death. But a strange girl with dwarfism shows up and then ends up she goes home with her and the villagers kind of get very nervous and then it escalates because they think that this is all part of a prophecy that's going to herald in the apocalypse and Mm. so it kind of does this weird thing where it's toggling between like the drama of what's happening like why is this woman depressed and why is she kind of ostracized from the town versus the religious mania that kind of descends around them trying to stop what they think will be the apocalypse so it's a little bit witchy a little bit like fantasy it's like shot like a technicolor dream Mm. um but the lead character, and this is why I think it's a Xena movie, is because she starts at an 11 as far as emotional intensity, and that kind of never wavers, and she's just like, it's, it veers heavily into melodramatic territory, especially when she gets into kind of like a showdown with the mayor's wife is a large plot point because this woman is antagonistic and and it gets into some crazy almost dynasty levels of Ooh. fights so i feel like between the plot and the horror element of it all the visuals but definitely kind of like the witchy vibe i feel like it's a xena movie i i think that melodrama melodrama aspect of it might kind of be polarizing for some but a lot of people think if you're into something you've never seen before it's definitely fits that bill i liked it i liked it Awesome. And Adding then, that to my list. Yeah, that's on VOD now. And then um, just because I've been elbow deep in holiday horror, um, I watched Rabid, which is <laughs> for a hot minute tells you it's a holiday horror movie. But this is the 1977 Cronenberg movie. Um, it's on a variety of places. I watched it on Prime Video, but I'm pretty sure it's on like Peacock and probably Tubi also. Um, and if you are not familiar, after a 
motorcycle accident, a woman undergoes experimental plastic surgery that leaves her with a thirst for blood thanks to a crazy stinger that comes out of her armpit. That's how experimental this plastic surgery was (laughs) um, because it is Cronenberg. Anyways, so she's kind of a vampire, but everybody she feeds on winds up becoming a zombie-like creature, and then that spreads. They they are able to infect others, and so you have, like, this weird twist on a zombie kind of uh, outbreak movie, but by way of Cronenberg. This one's, like, a weird one for me. Well, this movie isn't weird because I love Cronenberg, but... I remember being a kid and picking the cover box up for Rabbit often, and I would have this image of the girl frozen in the freezer. And for whatever reason, that was like, nope, this isn't my movie. I'm not watching a Frozen Tundra movie. Because um, kid brains. We're not smart. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm glad I waited. I don't think I would have liked this as a kid, but I do really love it now. That's funny. I didn't watch this one as a kid either. I wasn't a big fan of the poster. I think I watched it maybe even yeah. like a couple of years ago. There you go. See, whatever reason, the imagery on these cover boxes for Cronenberg movies, save for the fly. I just didn't watch him as a kid until I got older for good reason. Probably. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Zena? So I checked out the indie horror black mold on Tubi. It just came out um, like last week or two weeks ago. So basically there are these two photographers. They sneak into this abandoned chemical facility because they want to take photos. Then they get more what they bargain for because they come across this delusional, like homeless man who's living in there. And he's saying he doesn't want to be found. And it's just like, okay, it's one of those movies, but then it completely turns because um, clearly it's called black mold. excuse me so you know there's some stuff going on with that it's basically making them sick and causing them to see things uh so yeah i know it premiered at panic fest earlier this year so now it's on tubi and stuff and Mm -hmm. like yeah i I won't i don't want to spoil it obviously because it's still new and everything like that but yeah this movie really surprised me i had a good time with it I will say this, it is the kind of movie that I feel like you do have to pay attention to because um, at one point, you know, I was trying to, you know, check my email and watch the movie, but you have to like pay attention to it. And I just appreciate like, you know, the process of filmmakers, obviously, but it was just like, you can see what they were trying to do, which I feel like they actually did it. They achieved it and everything. It's just one of those movies where it's like, you've seen some things before, but Mm -hmm. it still felt fresh for me. And no spoilers. I won't tell you how or why because it's actually in the trailer. There are scarecrows I know. in this movie. <laughs> like I was losing my mind, you know, when I it made I me so happy. Horror. Yeah. We need it, you know? So, but yeah, I feel like this is probably one of the best indie horror movies that I've watched this year. I really had oh, wow. a lot of fun with it. So if you like psychological thriller horror movies and black goo, this and is black the movie goo. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Then I just did like a rewatch. Um, I rewatched Wolf, the horror romance from 1994 um, on DVD, but it's streaming everywhere. So basically, Nicolas Cage, he becomes a werewolf and it's awesome. No, okay. try again. Nick- Not Nicolas Cage. Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. Close. Oh, my Jack Nicholson. <laughs> There you go. There's a nickel I was thinking in there. about him. Can you imagine? He would actually be pretty cool. I was like, like did yeah. I Mandela affect the hell no. out of that? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days. But yeah, he becomes a werewolf and it's really awesome. Um, by the 
when I first watched this movie, I remember seeing like the the poster, well, you know, in the movie store and everything like that, the video store as a kid. But for some yeah. reason, I didn't watch it. So I watched this one actually, I think, for the first time last year. And oh. I really, really liked it. Uh, there's a lot of saxophone music in it even during <laughs> yeah. um, a werewolf battle, which is really cool. And the cast, I said, uh, Nicolas Cage, don't don't listen to me. He's not in this movie, just in case you're like, oh, I'm going to watch it. He's not in this movie. So Jack Nicholson, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, James Spade, like it's it has a really awesome cast. And again, saxophone music, you know, in the 90s, there's just something about it. But if you like werewolf movies, I highly recommend this one. And then real quick, because I got a little bit sidetracked. So basically, Jack Nicholson, he plays this character where he is a publisher and he used yeah. to be like top dog. OK, but now since he's older, he's pretty much his job replaced him. His his life kind of sucks. Like the way people treat him is just terrible. You feel for him. And then his wife just leaves him, you know, um, you'll you'll want to check out why. But, yeah, he just keeps on just getting served suckiness on a platter. So you feel for him. So finally, when he does get bit by this, you know, black wolf, it's like, you know what? This is actually an improvement. I know, like, people try to make it seem <laughs> yeah. like, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, like, this is going to ruin his life in some ways. But, you know, it actually improves his life. It made him more confident. Um, he was no longer just someone's, uh, whatchamacallit, just doormat. <laughs> so that was really cool to see. And, again, um, obviously it is an older movie, but I still think that the werewolf transformation is really cool, hmm. especially seeing him in, like, Central Park. It's just a lot of things in this movie I, I really really enjoyed it so highly recommend this one my mom took me to see this movie when i was really young in theaters obviously wow. and the only thing because i you know saw it as a kid didn't remember it for a long time except for two things they mark their territory <laughs> i remember that distinctly Oh, uh, which God. was so insane. Yeah. And then some guy in the audience, I don't know if he was enthused by this movie or what, but I never forgot it. But when the when the movie ended and the credits start rolling, he stands up and he yells, and then they had puppies. <laughs> and then I I kind of wanted that movie to happen. Yeah. Like the sequel. Give me were werewolf puppies. But yeah. That, it, that's that's funny because I think I remember watching this movie with my parents. I think they rented this because I think it was a big yeah. deal because it was Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer. It's like an adult Spade. horror movie. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think it was really marketed like a horror movie, even though it was no. the Wolfman. I think they were kind mm -hmm. of making it like a romantic thriller drama type thing or love yeah. triangle kind of. And the only scene I really remembered out of that was when he does when he, after he gets bit, he doesn't need his glasses anymore. And he's yeah. going through editing. And I just remember how quickly he was making edits, like circling with a red pen, moving on. Like, how does anyone read that fast? Maybe that was like the Werewolf aspiring eyes. writer in his me. Like, he's so good at his job. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? You know, the, the universal horror movies started in the 30s and they keep attempting to reboot them. So mm -hmm. the early 90s, you had Wolf, which was Wolfman. You had... Mm -hmm. Mary Riley, which oh, was yeah. horrible, but also <laughs> Jekyll, and, Jekyll Hyde. and Hyde. Then yeah. you had Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein, mm. Coppola's uh, Dracula. So mm. you had this weird, like, the 90s was the era where they decided, we're going to redo these monster movies, but for adults mm. and make them hoity-toity. Some yeah. of it worked, some of it did not. Yeah. Make it real classy. You just classy adult there. Classy adult fair. All right, before we move on, what are we watching? How did we watch it? 
I watched 2023's Creepypasta on Screenbox and 1932's Freaks on Tubi. I watched uh, Everyone Will Burn on VOD and Rabid on Prime Video. I watched Black Mold on Tubi and Wolf on DVD, but you can find it everywhere. And please, it's Jack Nicholson. Just don't want someone. <laughs> oh, no, Nicholas Cage. Okay. But if you find the Nicholas Cage version, <laughs> let us know. I'd like to see that. Yes, too. please. Could you imagine him as a hairy werewolf, like, <laughs> but vampires kiss style? I'm sure say? that it's on the mo- I'm sure that it's on the video rental shelves right next to um, Sinbad sh- starring in Shazam. There you go. <laughs> All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for D- Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Speaking of werewolves, uh, in the wake of Invisible Man back in 2020, Lee Wanell is reteaming with Universal and Blumhouse to direct a new take on the Wolfman. Uh, Christopher Abbott is uh, cast in the title role. He was recently in Poor Things, so I like that he's going from a Frankenstein-like movie to a werewolf movie. Uh, Ryan Gosling was previously attached to play the Wolfman mm. um, with Derek Sanfrance on board to direct. Um, neither one are still involved, although Gosling does still get a producer credit here. Um, but yeah, they've both departed and um, Wanell is now directing with Christopher Abbott. And it's going to howl its way into theaters on October 25th, 2024. Um, yeah, he was. it's weird because I would like, I, I need more details on this because Wanell was originally the director and then wasn't. It was going to be CN France and then now he's back at the director's chair, hmm. which good. I like him. Um but yeah, it's plot. It's just so far the only details are a man whose family is being terrorized by a lethal predator. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, really, we don't need anything more than that. Wolfman, Lee Wanell, sold. I feel like it sums up about 60% of all horror movies. <laughs> yep. This in it. Done. Um, and then this this will surprise nobody, but Tobin Bell's Jigsaw returned this year in Saw 10, and it was a huge success, not only at the box office, but Rotten Tomatoes critics loved it as well. Uh, yeah, 107 million worldwide, I believe. Wow. So, yeah, it comes as no surprise that Lionsgate is already moving forward the, with the next installment, uh, Saw 11, which has already been dated for September 27, 2024, almost exactly mm. a year from Saw 10's release. Uh, the news, they dropped that on social media where they shared a uh, teaser art and the tagline, the games continue or the game continues. So no other details. Obviously it's a year away uh, in terms of plot or who's involved. We do know that the writers for Saw 10, uh, Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger will not be penning the script for 11. Mm. Uh, Stolberg tweeted, Pete and I are sitting this chapter out. Very excited to see this one as a fan of the franchise. I think people will be pleased with the team. I don't even know that we need plot really. I mean, it's a Saw movie, <laughs> right. so you know what to get, but I kind of have a hunch that Saw 10 sets up where this next one would go. Yeah, with I would a specific think, showdown between I would two think characters. So. Yeah, they're trying to... The way they ended Saw 10 and, frankly, the success of what they decided to do. Yeah. Works for so, me. So, yeah. And and then uh, an original non-sequel slash franchise slash reboot IP news. Uh, Shudder aims to kick the new year off with a rock and splatter comedy, Destroy All Neighbors. And I feel like this might be John news for a lot of reasons. Um, it stars Jonah Ray Rodriguez and Alex Winter. 
Um, Alex Winter is pretty unrecognizable in this trailer, uh, which the trailer is available. It debuted last week. It promises one zany and gory ride ahead. In the film, uh, William Brown, played by Jonah Ray Rodriguez, is a neurotic, self-absorbed musician determined to finish his prog rock magnum opus. He faces a creative roadblock in the form of a noisy and grotesque neighbor named Vlad, played by Winter. Mm. Again, you do not rec- he's he's under a lot of prosthetics in this trailer so he's he looks like a creature feature already um finally working up the nerve to demand that vlad keep it down william inadvertently decapitates him but while attempting to cover up one murder his accidental reign of terror causes victims to pile up and become undead corpses who torment and create more bloody detours on his road to prog rock valcala it's described as a twisted splatter comedy about a deranged journey of self-discovery full of goopy practical effects a well-known ensemble cast and lots of blood which sounds like a good time to me and it's uh hitting shutter on January 12th. Nice. All right, listeners, your turn. Where do you think Soxie will take us next? Soxie. <laughs> space. Come on, space. How many times do you think we can say prog rock in one episode? You can call her Texas. 12. <laughs> I think we can get there. It's like the meow game. It'll start to get forced after a while, though. You can call our text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zine is going to make all our lives easier and the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon. We should be watching. So, Zina, what should we be watching? So, first up on Tuesday the 19th, so by the time this episode comes out, we have Santa Scene. This will be available on Screenbox. When Max Causey was six, he accidentally killed Santa. Twelve years later, Max rectifies his mistake by resurrecting him, but soon realizes the creature he created is a bloodthirsty killer, and it's headed right to his friend's Christmas party. Then Marame, this would be available on Tubi. When Lalo becomes haunted by a mysterious ghost of a young girl, he realizes his life is in danger and sets out to defeat the ghost for good. Then just in case if you miss Thanksgiving in theaters, you'll be able to purchase it and purchase it and watch it on premium VOD. We also have the ghost station. This will be available on VOD and DVD. While covering while covering an accident, a young reporter learns that her source was dead prior to the interview. As more mysterious deaths occur, she and her partner dig deeper into the case, eventually coming face to face with a horrifying truth. Then Onyx, the, fortu- the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls is available on Blu-ray. Then we also have Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. This one is available on DVD. It's also on Paramount Plus as well. We also have Satanic Hispanics hitting DVD, as well as The Exorcist Believer hitting DVD. Then on Tuesday, the 26th, the day after Christmas, Pig Killer will be available on Blu-ray. This one is inspired by the terrifying story of Robert Willie Picton, the pig farmer, the killer of a woman who horrifically with whose horrific crimes shocked the world. And finally, just in case if you're not already subscribed to Screenbox, there are a lot of Christmas horror movies available on there, like Rare Exports, Christmas Evil, Day of the Beast, Deep Red, Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, Secret Santa, Santa Scene, and so much more. So live your best life. Yeah. And that's the Blade Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. We will be off next week for the holidays, so we want to wish you all and your families very happy holidays. If you do not celebrate the holidays holidays, and instead you wish it was Halloween like I do, I feel (laughs) you. I'm looking forward to being over, too. We will be back in 2024 with our wrap-up of our favorite movies of the year. If you'd like to read more from Megan in the meantime, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg, which I will be checking out to find the musical version of Saw. <laughs> Zena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at lovelyzena on Twitter. 
And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BeDisgusting. So for this week, I'm John. I'm not prog rock. <laughs> Still under. I'm just Zena. <laughs> Grab some prog rock, cozy up on the couch and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Happy holidays, everyone.